Productivity Breakthrough Podcast. I'm Elise Enriquez, your breakthrough coach. I am known for meeting people where they are and delivering practical insights so they can be more productive. Most people hear the word productivity and they think it's all about getting things done. What actually moves us forward in life and business is getting things known, getting things prioritized, and illuminating the next steps so you can achieve the goals that matter most to you. Being truly productive means being just as okay with what's not getting done as you are with what is getting done. If you are ready to create productivity breakthroughs in your life and business, then you are in the right place. I am so glad you're here. Now, let's create some breakthroughs. Hello there. How are you doing? When this episode drops, we'll be kicking off the second week of 2023. So how are those New Year's resolutions holding up? Okay, I don't really do resolutions, actually. I make a plan for the year. I find the guiding words I need to inspire me and keep me on track when times get hard throughout the year. And be sure to check out episode 60 for more on finding your own guiding words. We'll link to that episode in the show notes because we got some really good stuff in there but I don't really do resolutions. In fact, more than anything, these past few years, I've been focused more on the actions I'm taking on regular basis to get me to where I want to go, which is exactly why I invited Ashley Brown to join me on the podcast. Ashley is a mom of two, author of the Routine Building Handbook, and owner of Routine and Things, which serves to help women get organized and into routine so they can enjoy the heck out of life. I love that that is her focus. Ashley knows when women feel good, the world is better for it. She is on a mission to see as many women as possible organize their life one routine at a time. I had so much fun chatting with Ashley, as I'm sure you can imagine, and I don't want to wait another moment to share this with you. So let's dive in. Hey, Ashley, I am so glad you're here. So tell me more about how it is that you came to do this work. Yes. So I really stumbled upon doing this work. I really feel like it was God led. Um, I'm a huge God girl, by the way. So I just felt as if God really led me to this path and just me being obedient to this. And so that came about because I was a stay at home mom for about close to three years. Um, I was a working mom, worked as a nurse educator, came home with my daughter for about close to three years, ended up going back to work. But that transition from working mom to stay-at-home mom totally shifted a lot for me, totally rocked my world in not a great way. And I started to like become less organized. I started to have like this identity crisis of who am I? I'm not mm-hmm. working anymore. I'm here at the house, which is still work, by the way. I just didn't understand that right. um, and didn't piece that together at the time. And so... When things did start to fall apart and, and the home wasn't managed well, I sunk into a really deep depression at the time. Mm-hmm. And what really moved me beyond that over time was, of course, God, but also routines were like so instrumental in helping me to get back to being able to manage things in my life as well as manage my own self, like my emotions mm-hmm. and create space for me to take care of myself. And so that's how I stumbled upon just having this business. Once I got to a place of feeling really good with being a stay at home mom and just feeling really good in my life, 
and I credit it to routines, me being the teacher that I am, right? The educator I was that say, I am. This, this is <laughs> where the path, it all comes right? together, right? It all That's emerges. where it all comes together. And I'm like, you know what? I want to teach women and moms about the power of routines. And so that's how things got started. I love it. This is why I love hearing people's stories, even in this brief version, right? There's so much more to your life and story than what you just shared with us, I'm sure. But I think it's just interesting to see like where our past comes to our present and how it informs where we're going. And you're just like in your heart and in your soul, you were like put on this earth to be an educator. Like that's all there is to it. But it doesn't have to mean one thing. So you were you were an educator in the realm of nursing then. Exactly. So are you... Or are, were you like a registered nurse then? Yes. Yes. I work at the best. All of it is so crazy. All of it comes together. The skills that you pick up along the way, um, because really me being a nurse is what helped me hone in on time management and prioritization, right? Which is all of what routines are about. And so that really helped. And then me being an educator, I was... I was a nurse educator for almost six years, but also in my education role, I was also a coach, which is crazy. Like I would coach <laughs> nursing students in in helping them understand how to care for patients in in the actual time. So they would take care of fake patients. And so I worked a lot in simulation and I had to look at their behavior and help them to change their behavior based upon what I saw and helped to coach them in doing that. So like it all comes together. And that's why it was so interesting in that time. I was like, well, what am I going to do? I'm just going to be a stay at home mom. Cause I honestly did not feel like it was my calling. I'm going to be very mm-hmm. honest with you. I was like, I don't think this is my calling. It's my calling for right now. Yeah, but I'm like, yeah. I am such that person. I'm a champion for what's possible. I love to educate. I love to help people go from where they are to where they want to be. And so, yeah, it all comes together. And it's crazy. I use so many skills that I used in nursing and in the education world in my business today. It's amazing. Oh, I love your passion. It like totally comes through. And it's and because y'all... Ashley's got a podcast. She's great on Instagram. So you can you can find all that in the show notes. But because I've heard your part, I've listened to your podcast, I've seen you on Instagram. Like I know how much you care about being a mom too. And you knew that there was something else you wanted to be doing in addition to being a great mom. And that requires, you know, that requires routines that requires being able to manage your time in a way that's going to work for you and have you feeling as fulfilled as you want to feel in all the roles that you're playing. And I think like it's the greatest gift to be giving because you have daughters, right? Yes. Two girls, three and five. So yeah. All three and five. I miss like, like, I, we, before we started recording y'all, I was talking about, you know, I have nieces and like, Oh, I miss those little ages. I mean, they're still snuggly and cuddly, but you know, like they're seven and nine. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's a little different now. But you got to like be able to decide how it is you want to spend your time. So one of the things that you talk about is values, like living your Mm -hmm. values and how that affects planning your time. So what are those two things, your values and kind of like time management and routines? What do those things have to do with each other in your your world? In my opinion, I feel like they have a lot to do with each other, just in terms of if, if we really think about it. The things that you value, I would anticipate those are the things that you are wanting to usher into your life. And so knowing that, you know what, I value family. 
or I value peace of mind or I write, how are your actions actually aligning with what you value? And sometimes mm-hmm. we, that happens in life where our actions are in alignment, but then sometimes we can get off track, you know, from challenges, from stress, we can start to, or just, you know, maybe an identity crisis coming up, little things that happen, even major things that can get us off track with what we value. And our actions aren't really aligning with that. It's like, yeah, I value peace of mind, but I'm constantly trying to figure out what to eat for dinner at 6 p.m. every night and giving myself a headache doing it. Yeah, right? but I'm all stressed out right? about it. <laughs> exactly. But I value peace of mind, right? Or I value family. However, I'm constantly doing so many things like PTA, coaching a baseball team, doing all this. And so that's taken me away from my family in a sense of where I'm not feeling as present. And so it's really important for us to one, be able to decide what are the things that we value. And you Mm -hmm. heard me talk about things that are tangible, but then also these intangible values, which are really the things that we're looking for, like joy and love and, and peace. And so are your actions aligning with your values? And I always mm-hmm. um, recommend that women really think about that and sit with that. What do you value? And really look at, are your actions lining up with that? Because if not, that could be a really huge reason why you might be really stressed or overwhelmed in life and not feeling good just overall. What's interesting about what you were saying about, about some of the examples that you talked about, you said like, okay, I value family, but I'm in all these PTA meetings and I'm coaching all this stuff. And some people could be like, well, no, but that is, that does mean I'm valuing family. And I think what that, I think the thing is that people kind of forget is to say, but what does, what does that mean to you? There's like what it means from the outside world, because, you know, if we watch any, you know, family TV show, it's going to show dad coaching little league and mom baking stuff for the bake sale, you know, and like, but is that, is that really family for you? Right? Like what is family and having that be a high value? What does that actually mean to you? What does it actually look like? Like that's, I feel like that's the thing that, that people kind of just automatically, and, and I, I do too sometimes. And I definitely used to all the time, you know, take on what was society's definition of all these things that I was versus what does that mean to me to be a wife? What does it mean to me to be a business owner, to be an auntie, to be a daughter, to be a good friend? It might not mean what society tells us it means for us as individuals. Yes, for sure. And I love that you brought that up because it is about what does it mean to you? If family to you is that, is the PTA meeting, is the coaching the the baseball team, then do it, right? Your actions are then aligning with what you value. However, if you're like family to me means being able to spend present time, it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be a lot, but present time with the people that I deem as my family, then are the actions really aligning with that? And so we really have to take inventory of how we are spending our time and seeing, is this of value to us truly, or is this what society has made us believe that we need to do? And just in that conditioning that happens all the time, if we don't sit down and really assess and like really think about, well, is this what I want? We can get caught up in what society wants us to believe. Mm -hmm. And I, Mm -hmm. I am one to say, 
I'm huge on like, do you do what works for you? Even if it seems unorthodox, it seems weird. It seems strange. It doesn't matter. As long as you are living the life that feels good to you, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that. I know I'm I'm always like, can we just let people live their lives like as long as they're not hurting other people? Can we just like let let people live their lives and do their thing? Uh I love that. What stood out to me, I can't remember where it was where I saw this from you. I I think it might have been Instagram. But you were talking about time blocking. And I want to make sure I get it right. You're talking about time blocking, so talking about planning based on capacity versus time. And it's so funny because I think you and I just kind of share an aversion to time blocking. Like, I don't feel like there's anything wrong with it if it works for you. But I think it's another one of those things where societally, especially in like the world of sales and business of like actually like trying to acquire customers. And so it's like, oh, time block your sales calls, time block your marketing and time block this and that. And people just think they should be able to do it. But everybody's different. And so time blocking can work brilliantly for some people and not at all for others. So talk to me about planning based on time versus capacity, because I I love this concept. Yes. So, so interesting, because I've just started to come to this realization, like I feel like over the past year, even though I've been, this has been a part of like how I live life in general, but I've just been able to articulate what it is. And so, yes, I think that time blocking, like you said, can be very helpful for people. And for some people, it just doesn't help. It's not helpful. It doesn't work. You can try it, but trying to make a square and piece it's like fit into stressful. a ramp. Yeah. It's stre- right? It's like, stressful. What's wrong with me that I can't do this? It's like, nothing's wrong with you. <laughs> Nothing is wrong with you. And so my thing about planning, I think that it's really important to factor in your capacity, which is time and energy. Mm-hmm. Like factor in both when it comes to you deciding what you want to do and how you want to do things. That is so important because if you just base your what you're going to do based upon time. Okay, you can do that, but I'm going to tell you right now, you might be either burned out by the time you get to the end of your day or you haven't even done half or even 25% of what you wanted to do based upon if you're basing it upon your time. Because mm-hmm. the thing about time is it's so limited, but when we think about like how we function in life, it's not just based upon time. Like we also have to have the energy to do the things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's very real. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And I feel like sometimes we beat up on ourselves, especially as women. I thought we do this more in terms of feeling like, oh, I'm not managing my time well. And so that's why I'm not able to get the things done that I need to get done. And I'm here to say, no, sweetie, it's not really that you're not managing your time. Well, that might be a piece, but the reason why you're not managing your time well is because you're not managing your energy well. And that's what is affecting mm-hmm. you. So if you if we can't get to a point of managing our energy, which is in, in our actions, that takes energy, right? As well as our emotions. If we can't do though, if we can't manage our energy and what we do and like how we feel, that's going to always determine the things that we're able to get done in the time that we have. And so I always say focus, and I'm going to start to like, just say this all the time. It's like focus (laughs) on energy management and you will see your time management will get better. Hands Mm -hmm. down. That's one thing I have 
just come to a realization in my life. And I want to just spread this news to women because I'm like, it's not time management. It's your energy management. That's what it is. Yeah. And I, so it's too bad you're not passionate about this at all. I mean, gosh, (laughs) love it. I love it. Um, But it's, it's one of those things where in my, I have a program called GIST and, you know, as people are going through it, one of the things we do is, is to create this reality check, this time reality check, your calendar reality check. And I've found that people, I think calendars are awesome. I use my calendar all, constantly all the time in terms, as well as other tools. Um, but people are overly optimistic or they're um, aspirational. Like they're very aspirational about their calendar. Like when they'll use just their calendar for doing things, they're like, oh, I'll do this and I'll do that because there's so much time. I'm like, yeah. So when are you going to eat lunch? When are you going to rest? When is your energy the best? So I love that you're talking about energy management because for me, you could have said, hey, Elise, it's got crazy today. Can we record this at like 11 p.m. your time? And the thing is, like, I would I could have been like, hey, absolutely. And I would have the energy for somebody else. Like for this kind of thing, I can get my energy up. No problem to write the intro and outro for this episode. I can't do that at 4 p.m. or 11 p.m right? Like my energy is not there for processing all of this and writing that and, you know, recording it, I could do it anytime. But like, there's, it's kind of like knowing what's going to take how much energy and what kind of energy you need to do all of these different things. So how, like, how for you, how have you figured out like what different types of energy you have and when is your energy the best? And you've got a, a kid homesick today, right? You know, so it's like that also throws a wrench in things sometimes in terms of like, forget your energy, you know, She's got a fever or something, right? Who knows, right? Yep. Like, how how did you figure out like when is your energy the best and how do you use it and what are you using it for? Oh man, so oh, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm. Sometimes I feel like I'm a weirdo, and I'm not gonna. And that's in a really positive way. Like I feel like I don't. <laughs> yeah, know we've already since... talked about both being dorks <laughs> together. And we're like yeah, we are both dorks. dorks. <laughs> and I just feel like um, I've always been the type of person that kept things super simple. I was just talking to my best friend about this. I don't know why, but something in me, even though I'm so, I'm a high achiever and I'm also a recovering perfectionist, but you know, so I can, oh, I'm yes. a recovering <laughs> overachiever. I'm but you. but anyway, you. <laughs> so I just always kept things simple in my life. Even when I want to try to do the most, it's like my brain is like, no, nah, we're not doing that. But anyway, so let me go back to your question about energy. How did I really learn this? I feel like I started to really understand this when I became a mom. Because before then, my life looked a lot different. I didn't, yes, you need to manage your energy, but you just have more time and space and you're not concerned about someone else or are responsible for someone else. And so it was easier when I was, when I didn't have kids, but when I became a mom, I realized if I'm going to get through motherhood in a joyful way and in, in the healthiest way possible on this journey that never is going to end, I have to be able to manage one, how I feel and also not do too much. Like I realized that very, very early because I knew that if I tried to do the most or I did not know how to manage my emotions, then that was going to be so stressful for me as a mom. And I was not going to enjoy the experience or enjoy mm-hmm. enjoy life overall. And so what I learned, especially like when I started to build routines intentionally during my stay-at-home mom days, was that certain routines 
really help to deposit energy, right? Because we mm-hmm. really have to think about it in that way. Like, where are you withdrawing energy? Where are you depositing energy? Because you need to be doing both. It can't just be a mm-hmm. withdrawal all day. How are mm-hmm. you giving yourself energy as well? And so I saw that my bedtime routine and my morning routine were the routines that help me deposit energy into mm-hmm. myself, right? I'm getting good rest. I am waking up and setting the tone for my day in a healthy way, right? I am exercising. I am um, doing affirmations. I am, you know, doing gratitude practice. And those things for me is to each his own. But those things to me are what really helped me to have good energy. And so I started to realize that and those became very crucial in my life to maintain were a bedtime and a morning routine. And then I started to realize, okay, so... So while I'm doing my routines, I know I am giving off energy, but is there a way to also in some routines give back energy? And so that's when like making them fun really came in, like listening to podcasts or listening to music while I did certain routines or just being in the present moment and not thinking about 50, 11 things while I'm doing the routine really helped me to not expend a lot of energy. And so that's how I started to look at my life. And even now, I know when I have the most energy, it's like between the hours of like nine and 12, I have the most energy. Me too, right? (laughs) That's when I'm like, okay, I can do the podcast interview Mm -hmm. and I can sit up here and just take care of whatever. I I have the most energy during that time. But I know when it gets to about two, after two, I can do things and I do. But I know the things that I'm doing I'm not going to be like spending a lot of energy on them. So yeah, I might have to cook dinner around five, but what is the simplest way that I can make dinner? I'm not (laughs) doing right. What is the simplest way? Like I might be Julie Child here and like trying to. Mm -mm. (laughs) I'd be able to do it on the weekend, maybe once in a while, Mm -hmm. but during the week that is not happening. And so that's how I started to look at my life. And that's how I think about energy is where are you withdrawing energy in your day and how are you depositing that energy back mm-hmm. in yourself? And how, do, and how do the routines support that? Like, I love right. that. Hey there, I just want to pop in real quick to encourage you to think about a new weekly routine. Most Friday mornings, I lead my GIST community through a systems check to get everything known in their lives. This Friday routine allows everyone in my community to wrap up their weeks feeling on top of things again so they can roll into their weekend more calm and actually have the ability to be present and enjoy themselves. So if you want some of that for yourself, it might be time to gist or get your shit together. G-Y-S-T. Head on over to aliceenriquez.com forward slash gist. Again, that's aliceenriquez.com forward slash G-Y-S-T to learn more and to schedule a free discovery call. Okay, let's get back to the episode. I, I've i never heard anybody talk, well, one, like you said two things that I think are going to be profound for people who aren't used to thinking about routines and aren't thinking about this kind of stuff, right? One is that you are using routines to make your life more joyful. You're like, I want a joyful life. I want to enjoy my life, which I am, I'm like, as far as I know, Like we only get this one life, like even if there's an afterlife, right. And we have faith in that or not, like, or, or maybe you believe that you're going to be reincarnated. Maybe like there's all these different beliefs that people can have, but in terms of our conscious 
hear knowledge. This is what we get. And so we better enjoy it in some way, shape or form, right? That's how I feel. Yeah. Like I share that with you so much. So I love that you're like routines, your routines, you set them up so that you can have a more joyful life, not to make your life ridiculously strict and perfect and all of these things, right? This is your values, how you want to spend your time and raise your family and do your work. And those are those routines bring you joy. So that's one, that routines can bring you joy. And two, that routines can deposit energy. Like I just had never thought of that before. And oh, you're so right though. Like for me, when I'm on with it, I was sick last week, so I had not worked out all week and I'm feeling it. You know, because I was on a really good rhythm right until I got sick of just like getting up, doing a workout. And then I listen to music while I'm in the shower and like I'm singing along to stuff. Right. And then when I'm getting ready, I listen to a podcast and it was a, a routine that kind of just happened over time. But those things give me energy no matter how I wake up by the time I'm done getting ready and have listened to music and podcasts. Right. Then I'm like, OK, let's let's go. Yes. <laughs> let's get but then also managing that energy so that you can be aware of where the dip is going to be. Because like for me, like, oh my gosh, yeah, I better not waste my time before noon on anything that doesn't matter that much. Like I can do dishes and laundry later, right? Like yeah. I can do that from like 2 p.m. on if I need to. But being creative and using mm -hmm. my mental energy is totally different. And I think I think that's if if you've never thought about this before folks, like just start paying attention. You don't have to get it right. Just start running experiments with your morning routine. You know, just start running experiments like paying attention to when your energy is high and when it's low and what you need it for. And then of course, like you said, how to how to get some deposits. <laughs> how to get some um, of those energy deposits. <laughs> yes. Yes, we have to pay attention to it. And one thing I always share is like you know, do uh, maybe like a time study. It can also be an energy study that where you're really paying attention to where do you feel the most energy in your day and where is that starting to dip off? And I know that for some people, of course, like you may not have the privilege or the lifestyle where you might be like a person that has works a full-time job, nine to five or eight to six. And then you also have, business that you do off to the side, right? Mm -hmm. And you may not be able to do your business work in where you have the most energy and you may have to do it when you are, when you get home or once your kids go to bed, like I was doing at a certain point and I would be doing yeah. my work from like 7.30 to like 10, like legit. And so what I had to do in that time, well, I was like, I knew I didn't have the energy, but what I did was, okay, well, how can I deposit energy? What I used to have a little routine that I would do and I would have my tea and I would listen to my music before I got started, which kind of helped me to pep me up a little bit. So think about that as well. Just like, I think routines are just so, they're so underrated, even though everyone yeah. knows that they need them. But when it comes to living life, if you want to consistently live in a healthy way and you want more joy in your life. I'm telling you, routines are the bomb.com. And so yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, and, and I think that people can get really hung up on routine. It can sound like very regimented, very checklisty, very well, but I hope what you're, I hope you're hearing, Ashley, like you're, you were talking like 
tea, music, like you're thinking about these energy deposits. Like, do you have a playlist? I have a playlist that is like my little spark it up kind of, you know, like get myself oh my like energized playlist or I get myself like feeling playlists. my like, well, I have tons of playlists, but I have one called igniting acceptance. It's like all the songs that make me feel like I'm channeling my purpose in this world. And mm-hmm. it's just like, and so as new songs come along, you know, like I'll add it, right? Like, and it's all over the place. Like I have everything from like something from, oh gosh, that movie, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, like old, old Jim Carrey movie. I can't remember like what the song is right now. Oh, it's called Light and Day. Totally this weird, funky song. Like recently I've added Lizzo. Like, so you're just like, whatever makes you feel like you are like being you at your best. Like that is my playlist and just songs get added and removed. Right. But that way I have the ability to charge myself up every once in a while. When, like you said, maybe you don't have the privilege to be able to work on the stuff when your energy is the best because you have other things that you need to do to support your life and your family. Right. And so it's having these, these energy deposit routines. And I, again, I think that that, I don't know, I just think it's revolutionary. And I, and I think that people look at something like, and, and, you know, all sorts of respect for how Elrod and his book, um, the miracle morning that people can kind of go, Oh, I have to do that routine, whatever. And, and that's, I don't even think that's what he's saying. He's saying, this is my routine, right? This is my routine and, you know, give it a shot. And the point mm-hmm. of giving somebody else's routine is a shot is to figure out what actually works for you and take that. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh. I'm that is so important. And just living life like it's so <laughs> cuz yeah, if you don't know where to start then maybe start there, maybe be like, "Okay, let me try yeah. it." And then you will quickly see what works for your life <laughs> and what doesn't work. You will quickly be able to start to be like, "Okay, let me tweak this. Let me change that." But I am huge on also slowly getting your routines up and going just in terms Mm -hmm. of keeping them very simple in the beginning because you don't need a lot. A little goes a long way in a routine, Mm -hmm. especially if you are intentional with the actions that you are doing in that routine. A little goes a long way. So yeah, do Mm -hmm. what works for you. Routines do not have to be so regimented or so rigid. You ha- and they can be depending on what you need in certain seasons yeah. of life, but you have to see like what is working for you and, and trying something is better than not trying for yes. sure. Yes. But I'm a big fan of running experiments. I'm just like, just try it. Like we can do these mental exercises in our heads all day long and you're like, okay, but you're never going to know until you try. And what is it? What does it hurt? You know, what right. does it hurt to try reading something inspirational for five minutes every morning, just to try it. And maybe you're like, no, that's, and I say that as an example, that's not even my thing, right? Like I've tried journaling. I've tried so many different things. And really to me, it is like, it's so funny because it's like, it's working out. It's listening to music (laughs) and it's putting on makeup. Like I like, and I don't even wear that much makeup anymore. Like I do lashes now. So that makes it easy. Like I've made it so my routine is simpler actually, right? Like I'm all about simplicity too, but like I need that time with myself. I just need that time with myself. And sure, my wife will be in and out of the bathroom and chatting and blah, blah, blah. And that's fine. You know, I can handle that. But I need that time to pour into me and that and I never thought about that Mm -hmm. as that morning routine that I was already doing that has changed a little bit over time, though, that was depositing energy. And so I think that's another thing. Would you say like, 
you said start simple, but it's also kind of like, what are you doing already that works? Like, mm. maybe it's not like a whole big shift. Maybe it's just, you know, what are you doing that's working already? Tell them. Yes. <laughs> I am like, mid- oh my God, we can get so... <laughs> We, it's like, we want to like hugely overhaul our routines. I'm like, no, no, (laughs) no, because I promise you it's something working for you in the routine, but you have, we have to first assess what's happening. And usually it's, we just need to make small tweaks. That's it. Mm -hmm. Add in something, maybe take out something, right? It doesn't have to be this overhaul of your morning in order for it to feel good for you. So I am so glad you mentioned that because that's something I always say is look at what you're doing mm-hmm. and then just make a tweak or two and see how that feels. That's all. That's it. Mm-hmm. So yes, for sure. Please don't feel like you have to get overzealous or overhaul your routines. First assess. That's the first step when it comes to building any routine and starting to incorporate it is you have to first assess what is happening in your current routine. Because no matter if you think you don't have a morning routine, you do. You do certain actions every yeah, morning. every morning. Every morning. If it's just waking up and picking up your phone, that's an action you're doing every single morning. That's that your routine. That could your energy in the <laughs> yeah, beginning. Yeah. That could be. Or maybe it's not. We don't know. But you have to be able to assess that and see, is it draining your energy in the morning? Or maybe it's giving you a little bit of energy to get your butt out of bed. But you have to see that for yourself. And you can just make small tweaks to your morning in order for it to feel better for you. Yeah, that's it's so interesting because I think I, I think there's so much that can come into play with this when you're talking about, you know, grabbing your phone like that's a routine. And is it giving you energy or is it taking away energy right now? Right. And for me, if I were to grab my phone first thing in the morning, I would end up staying in bed. And I do better when I just get up and get going. And then I can, you know, I can have a phone break later and all that kind of stuff. That's fine. But my wife is an introvert. She prefers introversion. And I know I have learned, it's taken me a little bit. We've we've only been married for a couple of years, but we've we've been together for almost seven. And it took me a long time because I'm little miss like, okay, let's go. Like I get up in the morning and you know, get going. And she, her phone time for her is just her waking up time. Whereas for me, my waking up time is the workout, is the shower, is the makeup. She gets ready in like five minutes, right? Whereas I'm like, I but she spends more time waking up in bed doing the wordle, the quirtle, the hurdle, like all of the dolls, you know, and she gets, you know, a little energy from that. And she's waking up and she has her coffee, like she has her own routine, you know, and it's like it took me a while to figure out that, oh yeah, we have different styles, duh. Like so silly. I'm a coach and I like I couldn't see that in my own life, right? And to respect her routine. Like let her have that. Let me have mine and to respect that. And yes. so I I love that that you that you acknowledge that like picking up the phone first thing is routine number one. And is it an energy deposit? Yes. Yes. And that's maybe it thing. is, like, maybe I, it's not. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. Exactly. Because people ask me all the time, what do you think about phones in the morning? I'm like, it depends on you. What is it for mm-hmm. you? Like I know for me, I'm I'm with your wife, like I'm an introvert as well. And so um, 
And my husband is not. He's definitely like, up and let's go. And I'm like, stop talking to me because I'm still trying to get some sleep and I don't want to get up. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so I'm with your wife. Like, I'll get my phone in the morning and I'll read a scripture. But then I'll also turn on the podcast because I need to wake my brain up. I need yeah. to get like my brain still wants to be sleep. And so that's for me. Right. But some people may be like, no, that would be too much for me. But it you have to really pay attention to what works for you. Pay attention yeah. to what you need in certain moments and do what works for you, no matter what anybody else has to say. If it's feeding mm-hmm. into you in a beautiful way and it's helping you in your life and it's helping you to lead a beautiful life, then do it. Uh, I love how you talk about all of this. I think, I again, I just really think that people could think about routines in such like a cold and clinical way or something like that. And you are really talking about embracing routines as a tool, like you could say routines, folks, you can swap out the word for habits. But even then, I think people get all like, about it. (laughs) But all of it, all of it, they're, they're just tools. And you get to decide how to use these tools. And I think a lot of the times, these tools have been used to make people feel bad, like you have bad habits, you have bad routines, or you don't have a routine. It's like, no, we all have routines. We all have habits. And let's just pay attention to them and see what is giving us energy, what is giving us joy, and what is taking what is taking that away. I, I just love your approach that it's very, it's very loving, it's very open, and it's not, you're not saying just do what I do, which is my least favorite kind of coaching out there, because that's not coaching. You're saying like, here's a framework, and let's find your way of doing all of these things. That's, oh my gosh. That like just makes me so happy that you exist yeah. in the world. Thank you. I appreciate that. And that you're brave enough to do, to run a freaking business and get your voice out there. It's just, I love it. So I want to know, you know, we're all about moving forward. What matters most here on this podcast. I want to know for you, like, what are, what are you moving forward right now? Like what matters most to you lately? It can be personal, professional, it doesn't matter, but what matters most to you right now where you're putting a little extra attention, a little extra energy, a little extra effort? Oh, I am moving forward right now in my life with being very intentional with how I manage my emotions. I'm like such a, I call myself emo all the time because I'm a cancer. <laughs> it's my zodiac sign. Oh, I'm a um, cancer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm a cancer zodiac sign. So I'm like so emo. And it's like I've learned over time that that's a that's energy leakage right there like all like if we if I don't manage my emotions so right now that, that is something that is very important for me for myself for one but also in being a mother being able to also teach my daughters and mm-hmm. about managing their emotions little by little of course in the capacity that they can but at least first having them recognize their emotions um so they can articulate how they feel that's the first yeah. thing but that is something that I'm really sitting with in practice with right now in my life, because I think that is such a huge thing for us to be able to do because our emotions lead to how we act and our behaviors. Mm -hmm. And so it's such a huge deal for me to be able to do that for myself, but also give that to our daughters as well. Yeah. And we're not, we're just simply not taught to do that. Like they're doing it more and more in schools now. Like I love, um, my nieces have like the feelings wheel and it's like red, yellow, green, and blue. And and so I was like trying to learn it. So I could be like, like when I could tell something was off, I could be like, what color are you right now? Right. And then, 
And then she could articulate it. And one time she said she was purple because she was sad and she was mad. She was like, I'm I'm missing my mom because she was in a really serious work project. She's in the medical field. And so there was something critical going on and I'm missing my mom. So she was sad and I'm mad that she's not tucking me in right now. And I was tucking her in because they were staying at our Mm -hmm. house, but we were all having a big family sleepover. And I was just like, I was like, oh gosh, do you want me to go get her and have her tuck you in? And she was like, yeah. Right. But I could tell she was like a little angsty, a little something. And I said, what color are you? And she said, purple. And I was just like, and she could articulate it. So like, I feel like there's hope for our kids with this because we're having to do it, you know, we're, or we're choosing to do it as adults to figure out like, what am I feeling and what does that mean? And how do I act? And I love that. That's what you're focusing on right now. That is so cool. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's exciting. Um, it's exciting. And I'm, I'm grateful to even have the tools to be able to learn how to do this and to be able to also teach my daughters. I'm so, I'm so grateful for it. Oh, Ashley, thank you so much for being here. So you guys have to know there's going to be all the stuff in the notes and the show notes and stuff like that. But she has her routine framework, her routine block planning method. She has a planner, which people I think who listen to me might be surprised that I would be having somebody on that does like a physical planner kind of thing. But I'm just like, I love pen and paper. Like I love pen and paper for getting things out of me. And then I do have like online systems for like to hold it all, but like to process like pen and paper helps me process things and get it out of my brain and out of my heart and just out there especially as an extrovert for me. But so anyway, where, where is the best way if people are like, Oh my gosh, I love Ashley. I need more of her. Where is the best place for them to stay in touch with you? Yes, please follow along on Instagram at routine and things and be sure to check out the website to routine But I'm primarily on Instagram because that's where I love to hang out. So definitely be sure to give me a follow if you would like. Yay. I love it. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Y'all, I seriously did not want to wrap up that discussion with Ashley. I love her passion for her work and her dedication to helping women learn that routines are a tool. And when you learn to use them in an effective way, they will help you remain in alignment with a life that feels good to you. And that's what I want for you. I want for you to create a life that feels good to you or to keep on creating a life that feels good to you because you're probably doing that already. So I'm curious, how will you use this tool of routines to do just that? Let me ask that in a different way. That's right. It is time for the question of the week. What is one tweak you could make to your morning routine to bring more energy to your day? Because as Ashley said, whether you realize it or not, you do have a morning routine already. So just take a moment and see what parts of that routine are serving you and what you can do to tweak it for more energy. For me, it's going to be adding meditation back into my day. When I was meditating for just five to 10 minutes most mornings, it made me feel better. It made me feel more energized and it was profound some of the emotions that I had during a meditation. I got a lot out of meditation, even for just meditating for a short period of time, so why not add it back in? All right, your turn now. Tell me about one small tweak you're going to make to your morning routine. Head on over to Productivity Breakthrough on Instagram and find the question of the week post or send me a DM because I'd love hearing from you. 
Okay, that is all for this week. I'll be back with you again next week. Until then, keep moving forward what matters most. Thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Productivity Breakthrough Podcast. Did you have a breakthrough today? Write to me and let me know. You can reach me, revisit anything we covered today, or uncover free resources over at EliseEnriquez.com. And if you know of other leaders in life and business who would appreciate a little help with their productivity breakthroughs, I'd love it if you'd share this podcast with them. And finally, remember to hit subscribe or follow so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.